Good morning. This is Henry Harris. Welcome to the Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. Today, the topic is... Good morning. Well, this is Henry Harris. Welcome to the Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. Today's topic, the noise is a gateway. And what do we mean? So let's first of all, let's get started in, in, in an overview of what we mean when we speak of the spiritual foundations of mental health. We're talking about the basic idea that there is a, a spiritual understanding that underlies all experience. So if a person wants to really grasp just how incredibly healthy, resilient, and strong a human being is, he first needs to understand where and how his psychological experience is being created. Because when people think of mental health, they think of, my, they think, they think of psychological experience. When people are concerned about mental health, they're concerned about the volatility or the negativity or the, the intense distress feelings of, of their mental experience. That's what we think of when we, when we think of mental health. We think about like, whoa, my psychological experience is is overwhelming, it's out of control, it's volatile, it's unpredictable, it's unsafe. That's what comes to mind when we think about the idea of mental health, mental well-being. Well, if you really want to see with clarity the true nature of our mental well-being, we, we, need, to un we need to understand the, the foundations of it. What are the... Sp what, what, what are the... <laughs> What are the foundations of our mental well-being? And that's a spiritual understanding. Why? Because our psychological experiences, it's not particular to the circumstances that we find ourselves in. It's not particular to our own personal strengths or, or character flaws. It can look like that. It can look like, wow, so many people seem to be navigating their lives with such kind of equilibrium and... and, 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 and uh, stability and, and I struggle. I, I live in a world of fear or distress or shame or uh, paralysis, whatever it might be, like what's going on with me? And then we might come to the conclusion, well, it's because I got crazy people in my life, I got crazy circumstances, or I have a crazy past, or I just have something deeply wrong. That is a natural and kind of human go-to for how to understand like what's with my intensely painful psychological experience that would be that would be i'm suggesting a misunderstanding the the misunderstanding that it's coming from something of this world and the circumstances and all the phenomenon of this world including the me the 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 deeper more truthful understanding is that our psychological experience is coming it works in one way. It's coming from a flow of energy, a divine energy, not, not a, a physical energy, a divine energy in the same way that all life, all existence is being energized and sustained through the flow of a simple spiritual energy. That's what's allowing everything to kind of exist moment to moment to moment. So too, that is that is the case for our psychological experience, and this is not hard to see if we're if we're a little curious to how it is that that we flow in and out of different states. We're not static. We are not static in our states of mind. We are experiencing an ongoing, new live feed of divine energy. 
And that's and, and now keep in mind, I'm not I'm not able to see that in the same in in the sense that I I'm watching it. I'm I'm I can come to to recognize that it's possible to watch that flow, but it's noticeable kind of on its out uh, on on the effect of that flow. It's noticeable through looking and noticing that I'm having psychological experiences moment to moment. And what's fascinating and curious to me is that that psychological experience is shifting even when the circumstances and the kind of context of my life is not necessarily shifting. And that's why I've shared in the past how even a person who's deeply depressed, and I've certainly encountered this with folks, and certainly in my own kind of experience, people, even someone who's deeply depressed, if you kind of scratch the surface and you ask him, well, do you have highs and lows? Do you have ups and downs? He'll generally tell you yes. And it might mean that his high is that he, he's motivated to find some relief. He's depressed, but he's motivated to find some relief. Whereas his low is, I want it over already. I don't want to live. I, don't, I just don't want to live. So that's a real difference, right? That's a real, there's a real significance into, into, into the... the that's a, there's a, something significant in that. But, but what, so what accounts for that? Like how is it that there are times where he doesn't want to live anymore and he's ready to just literally end his life and then other times where... He's depressed and distressed, but he's motivated. He's he wants something. That's clearly a higher level of consciousness. Where does that level of consciousness come from? How does that work? You interview him and you ask him, wait a second, what's changed? Why do you have a will to live right now before you didn't? He might or might not be able to express to you why that's so. He might try to point to something, well, perhaps I got good news about something or Something reminded me. He'll look around and he might even find something to pin it on. But it would likely be a misunderstanding because what we're pointing to is the fact that there is a... An, it's somewhat invisible. It's often invisible. There are times where we can tune in and sense it, not with a perception of a kind of analytical nature, not with like a measuring stick, but there's an internal registry that we can feel and sense our own internal experience, that there is a divine energy showing up in new and changing ways inside our heart and mind. So we're pointing to the fact that of that truth, that, that, that the simple idea that everything is being energized moment to moment, it's impossible. there is no existence without that simple flow of energizing, sustaining divine energy. And our psychological experience is subject to a similar phenomenon. We're experiencing expansive consciousness and then more constricted consciousness. And our job is to know the truth about that. First and foremost, the, the foundation of mental health begins with the awareness that mental health is not a function of a given of my control over life and the control over my moods. That's not mental health. Mental health is an, a given. It's a, it's a truth. The, by virtue of the fact that you and I are connected to the divine source of all life, that, inher that, is, that inherently makes us mentally well. Our job is to acknowledge the truth of that even as we experience our ups and downs. In our ups, we have an opportunity for gratitude. And in our downs, we have an opportunity for, for, grace, for gracefulness of sorts 
for recognition and acceptance in the same way as I've mentioned on many occasions the truth of the, of the birth metaphor. A woman giving birth is, part, is participating and partnering in an extraordinarily divine process. She has a role to play, but there's a limit to the role. She does not control the, time, the timing and the duration and the intensity of her contractions. She just doesn't. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a failing on her part. It's, there's a, a, a tremendous capacity to see a broader truth which includes a humility. There is a beautiful, there's tremendous strength in recognizing the limits of our power. We have power. We have a rep opportunity to make choices and to partner with the divine energy. But we are not the source. We are not the author. We are not the manager of the flow of the divine as it shows up in our heart. And that's good. <laughs> that's good news. I don't want to run the world. I, I have a, I, my sense is that the divine source of all life is, is much better at that than I am. And, uh, and I personally have seen um, a glimpse of just how wondrous it is to be on the receiving end of that divine flow. So the foundations of the spirit, the spiritual foundations of mental health is the, tr is the recognition that we are already mentally well. We're already mentally healthy. The, the fact of, of low moods is not a, a sign one way or the other of our mental health. Our mental health is a fact. It's a truth. What we, can, what we have an opportunity to do is acknowledge how that is true at all times in every moment. I'm not here to manage and manipulate my moods. I'm here to see first and foremost the truth. Does that mean that there's nothing I can do about it? No, there are. There are things to do about moods. But it begins on the foundation, on a truthful foundation. Now, I want to use that as my segue. Today's topic is noise is a gateway. There's a fa the language of Hebrew is a fascinating thing because it, 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 it points to an essential description of something. It, it, the Hebrew language, unlike other languages where there's a certain convention to, to the words used, like like Shakespeare said, a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. If we chose to use uh, some other sound than the word than rose, if we used Bach to describe that beautiful flower that grows with thorns and you know delicate and elegant, and it, it would just be as, it would just be, it would be just as beautiful and sweet smelling. The word rose is just a convention that has developed over time. It's not descriptive of an of the essence of the word of the object. That's not true with regards to Hebrew. Hebrew is an essential language. It's a descriptive language of the, of the essence of something's root in the spiritual world. And so the Hebrew word for noise is rash. Rash is a, is the, are the letters resh, ayin, and shin. And those three letters in, in Hebrew, what we find is that what letters that can spell other, the same letters that can serve as the root of one word and can be rearranged to spell the root of another word, there's a linkage, there's a relationship between those words, even though they are different. So, for example, the letters that form the word noise are rash, resh, ayin, and shin. Those three letters can be re re reconfigured to spell the word rasha or resha. Resha is also, is also those three letters, just instead of resh, ayin, shin, it's resh, shin, ayin. Resha is is translated sometimes as wickedness or, or, or destructiveness. And I would suggest, and I have suggested, that there is a tremendous, a tremendous insight to be gained from that, that, that correlation, that, 
that the destructiveness, the resha that a person can fall into, and we all are capable of destructive choices, is a function of rash. Of a, it's a function of noise. The prophet, Yeshayahu, Isaiah, likens the, the, the rishoyim, the wicked ones, the destructive ones, to the, to the driven sea. If you look at the, if you look at a, at a clip of a of a sea in the midst of a storm, you see the wind, the, the waves are are roiling and churling, and there's no there's no end to their movement. It's just nonstop, nonstop, nonstop activity, busy, busy, noisy, crashing. It's it's agitated. There is a quality of noise and agitation that every human being is susceptible to, to the degree that we get lost in it we become capable of great destructiveness. We solve problems by creating new problems. We seem to, we perceive threats and fears and people and things look aggressive and difficult and, and, and hopeless. And, and then as a result, we solve problems. We solve the problems of those aggressions and fears and, and destructiveness by, by reacting in a manner that creates new destructiveness creates new aggression, it creates new uh, problems. So there is a quality at the root of all, every human being is susceptible to that noise. There is a, there's a built-in, we spoke about this in the last couple of weeks, that there is built into the divine design the capacity for chaos. And yet, that chaos is not the purpose, it's a means to an end. It's, it's, it's a means to assist us in creating a beautiful, tranquil space, a place that's fit for residing in. Lo tohu bara, the Creator didn't create the world for chaos, for dwelling he, he formed it. There is potential built into the creation that, that shows up in the heart of every human being for chaos. And yet we know that that's not the description of the world, that's not its end point. It's rather to allow us a role in creating from that chaos a space to dwell, a space of tranquility. Now, where does that come in? So, so back to the idea of the, that noise is a gateway. Guess what? Those three letters that spell the words noise and destructiveness, resh and ayin, resh ayin shin, they can be reconfigured one more time, and they can spell the word shar. Shin, Ayin, Resh. The word Shar, same letters as destructiveness and, and, and noise, is the word gate. It's a gateway. And, and perhaps we see this hinted to in, in, in one of the Psalms of King David who says, Pischuli Shar Etzedek, open for me the gates of, of, of righteousness. Go open for me the gates of, of understanding. That the the rash, the noise that we find ourselves in, it is, it's temporary. In the same way that all life is unfolding, and the energy that is flowing through life is renewing and renewing and renewing, because there is no physical world in, that is independent. Nothing of this world, including my ex psychological experience of this moment, my, my psychological experience is part of this world. It's the effect of a spiritual unfolding, a spiritual moment-to-moment -moment creation. It's not the source of life, it's the, it's the form of life. There's the form of life and then there's the formless energy behind life. 
my psychological experience, whether it be uh, a blissful, happy feeling or a, or a scared, uh, despairing feeling, that's part of the form of this world. It's the energy behind that, the formless energy that is what makes that form possible. That's why we tend to want to kind of, when we get lost in a, when we get our, when we find ourselves in a high, we, we try to hold on to it. We try to cling to it. We try to figure out, well, where did that come from? Get, let's get more of that, which is, of course, where potential addictions come from, where we get attached to things as having power to create our, our life for the good. We get, we get confused because we think it's something about the form of life is actually capable of causing our experience. No, no, we, we had a, a revelation of sorts. The divine, the formless energy of life showed up in a way that our hearts opened, our, our mind expanded, we experienced something beautiful, peaceful. It happened to be it was in a cabin in the, in the mountains when it happened, or it happened to be that it was uh, corresponding to a time where my portfolio went up in value. I, I don't know. And we linked it. We said, oh, well, obviously it came from that. And then we become somewhat attached to that as the cause. That would be in Jewish consciousness a form of idolatry, of ascribing power to something other than the single simple source. There is only one single simple source and it's creating at all times everything. When we locate a source in something other than that, oh, where do I, why do I feel so good because my portfolio went up, we misunderstand and we ascribe power falsely to something other than that single simple source. So, so the noise of life is a doorway, it's an opportunity, it's a gateway. That potential that we experience, this like this, this we're we feel, I feel, I feel enveloped by noise at times. I feel enveloped by a distressing noise. This is a problem. 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 I'm a problem. She's a problem. He's a problem. Problems, and and I can't. And and my mind looks to try and solve them, but the whole see the whole search for a solution to the problem is built on a misunderstanding it's built on a, a misunderstanding that that suggests oh the, the the noise and distress i'm experiencing is coming from some circumstance and i should fix it i should banish it i should run from it i should fight it but it's not so it's not coming from there the the the, the experience of that noise that internal noise is itself an experience of a divine live feed and it is a doorway, it's a gateway to the degree that I can see and testify to the truth about my experience, my psychological experience. It's a very deep, it's very simple, it's very simple, it's not complicated. It's very deep affirmation of truth. It's a very deep and profound affirmation. It's a tremendous accomplishment, even with one teeny ounce of energy that I can say, this distress, I know it cannot be coming from the disagreeableness of my child or spouse. It can't be coming from the, the, the events of my past. I, I, I'm not saying that there aren't such things as events of one's past or disagreements with a child or spouse. I'm just saying that the degree to which I'm experiencing a psychological noise in this moment 
to the degree it looks like it's coming from the, that disagreement or that past, that's a misunderstanding. It's happening now from a source that is beyond me. So to the degree that I can affirm that truth, that's a tremendous accomplishment. Whether or not it shifts my mood or it doesn't shift my food, it's a tr mood. <laughs> it's a tremendous accomplishment. And that is, like everything, it's passing. King Solomon had a ring that said, Gamze Yavor, this too will pass. My state of mind that's heightened and elevated and wondrously uh, expansive, that will pass. My state of mind that's distressed and constricted will also pass. Because this world is designed to illustrate that it's, it's fleeting. And if it's fleeting, then we wonder, well, wait, what, what's, then what's behind it? It points to there being an unchanging and eternal truth. And an unchanging and eternal existence. And an eternal and unchanging being. Source. So, being able to be, what I'm pointing to is the idea that to be able to stand in the rash, to be able to stand in the noise and hold on to the truth about that noise, it hurts. It's very much like a contraction. It's, it's literally like a contraction. That's what the mommy is doing in the midst of that contraction. She's remembering this hurts like anything, and yet I know that there's a divine process unfolding. I know that there's something deeply beautiful and moving happening here. It hurts, and yet I'm not looking to run away from it. It's interesting. There's such a thing as a, I forget the term, there's a medical term for a woman who is, who, a woman can in theory innocently but mistakenly prolong her labor by, her, by an inward desire to avoid the pain of labor. The inward desire, the fear of, and the running from the pain of labor inwardly that kind of deeper psychological resistance to the pain, the desire to escape the pain, can, it's a medical phenomenon. A woman can, in fact, prolong her labor. It's no different if, with our psychological, spiritual labor. We undergo contractions, that, that intense kind of distressing constriction that feels that the world is like noisy and unsafe. It's a contraction to affirm the truth of life in that noisy, unsafe contraction is a a participation in moving toward the gate, the gateway. It's a gateway to new understanding. That's what we're looking to. And therefore, there's nothing truly unsafe about that noise. There's really, it's the noise, it hurts. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt, but it is not unsafe. It is rather a doorway. Pishuli Sharetetic, open for me. The gateways of righteousness, the gateways of pure understanding. The noise is the gateway.